Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Remember the millennium bug and the whole Y2K thing? The fearful run-up to the moment when the calendar clicked over to Saturday, January the 1st, 2000, and the whole of modern civilization as we knew it would fall off a cliff. Dan Taberski, the host of Headlong Surviving Y2K, remembers it well. The Central Intelligence Agency has recently begun to assess the readiness of the world's computers for the year 2000, and the news is bad. As the third millennium got closer, people started to freak out a little. When the year switches from 1999 to 2000, computers should simply process the new date. Only they can't. Which threatens to reduce our computer-based society to chaos. And what started as an undercurrent grew louder. It is a particularly large global disaster in the making. And stranger. Your security systems, the lights if you go out to drive. Oh, Jack, let's pray that they get this fixed. And a lot of us thought shit really was going to go down. Mandatory gun background checks this month are up 20% from last December. Enormous invitation for terrorists, criminals, and crazies, if you will. What'll happen to Russia's nuclear missiles? Haven't you heard? At midnight, every computer in the world is going to fail. And then... The world doesn't end. The lights don't go out. So Americans breathing easier, returning purchases of emergency supplies. And all those people who are swept up in it, they feel misled, even disappointed, maybe a little dumb. Some are even asking if all that preparing was necessary. And then we all just drop it, moving on to the next thing to worry about, like none of it ever happened. But here's the thing, me, I think about that time, that day, almost every day. I never dropped it. Because I busted through that third millennium banner like a big, dumb tiger mascot on fire. Spectacularly and painfully. Frankly, it nearly did me in. And I almost ruined somebody else's life in the process, egged on by the new millennium, the biggest day one any of us would ever get to see. And I've always wondered, who else? For who else? Did the journey to the year 2000 change everything? For this season of Headlong, we are telling the story of the millennium, of millennialism, how humans do crazy things when the clock makes it all the way around and starts again. We're going to meet the people who expected the end of the world as we know it. Some even wanted the end. They couldn't wait to wash away what was and start over. But none of them, none of us really, got the ending that we were expecting. Surviving Y2K comes from the same folk who made last year's Missing Richard Simmons. This popular show tried to find out what had happened to the American fitness and short shorts guru Richard Simmons when he seemed to drop off the map sometime in early 2014. To follow that, Surviving Y2K is being pitched as the second part in a series where, quote, each season takes a person, moment or story from the culture that we've been getting wrong and goes back to explore it, end quote. Part historical record, part collection of personal stories, it brings the hysteria surrounding Y2K vividly to life, and it does it with a wry sense of humour. Here's Dan Taberski again. So, first things first, let's just define what we're talking about here. Y2K, Y2K is a concoction, 
a freaky coincidence, really, with two main ingredients, the millennium and a computer bug. We'll start with the bug. It's 1996 in the UK. <coughs> British scientists have cloned a sheep. And the Spice Girls hit. So, you know, an uneasy time. On his way to his job as a computer coder is 26-year-old Andrew Oakley. Well, I mean, I started using computers pretty much from when I was about five or six years old. He works at the Royal Bank of Scotland. He's the overnight IT guy, basically. A part-time job. I was a DJ at a nightclub in the evenings, and I'd kind of get in at half past two in the morning, and then I'd get a phone call at three o'clock and kind of like, oh, crikey. Wait, describe your look for me. What kind of guy are you? Now I am a, a, a portly, middle-aged dad of three. Very boring looking. Uh, back then I was a goth. Did you say a goth? A goth? Yeah, I must admit, I, I didn't look entirely in place at a bank. Uh, Andrew, do you have a picture of yourself at the time? I want to see your hair. Oh, what, my hair? Oh, I almost certainly do. Shall I email you something? Do you have it, like, right now, like, on your phone? Yeah, uh, yeah. Hang on, let me... All right. Um, there you go. Holy hell. If I ever make a Secret Lives of Computer Coders coffee table book, he is my centerfold. That <laughs> is amazing. Is that a yeah, crimping? It's... Did you use a crimping iron? Oh, yeah, the crimping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I found Andrew the Goth in the online comment section of the BBC News website, arguing with people about Y2K. Banging away at my keyboard, telling people, you know, you're, you're wrong. You're being very wrong on the internet. <laughs> Insisting the year 2000 wasn't nothing. And he would know, because he was there, a coder, at the beginning, when it became clear that computers and the approaching millennium were about to collide. And it happened like this. In 1996, Andrew the Goth is working for a big bank with their mortgages division. 30-year, fixed rate, stuff like that. And people like me would be paid to be on call. To fix any computer problems that came up overnight. It would usually be a fairly easy problem, and it would take sort of half an hour, an hour to fix. But this one night, it didn't get fixed. The whole thing had just stopped. It had crashed. It had given an error message. And his bosses, they are freaking out. We had managers screaming at us down the phone, why is this not fixed? We just couldn't figure it out. And when they finally did, they found a glitch. What was the problem? So the problem was... We had a mortgage that was, uh, had a term of 125 years. Which is weird, right? Mortgages are usually like 20 or 30 years. And you think to yourself, we couldn't believe it because we thought, well, surely nobody has a mortgage that lasts 125 years. And we realized that this is some kind of charity. I think it was in Manchester. And this charity had a fantastically Dickensian Victorian name. It's something like the Gently Benevolent Home for Fallen Women or something like that. <laughs> and somebody had given them a building in return for paying a mortgage at something absolutely tiny, like, you know, a pound or two dollars a year, something like that. So why do we care about a 125-year mortgage? Because that's what tipped them off to this colossal problem buried in their code. And this thing had ticked over finally from year 99 to year 100 and that threw everything out because we had only allowed for two digits in the year only two digits for the year so when the 99th year in the mortgage turns to the 100th the computer only sees the last two digits 
zero, zero. And it doesn't know what year it is. So it doesn't know what to do. And this made Andrew the Goth think about the rest of the date fields in their code, in a whole lot of computer code, in fact. All two digits for the date instead of four. Year 2000 is only three or four years away. That is going to be like this, but a million times worse. Because when 99 turns to 2000, the computer won't see 2000. It'll see 00. And it'll think it's 1900 or year zero. And it won't know what to do. That's it. That's the Millennium Bug. You would go to your ATM and it would not work. Your salary would not be paid. And it wouldn't just have been this one bank. It would have been pretty much anywhere that dealt with dates. It's about the day-to-day fabric of society completely failing. Yikes. And goth computer coders around the world are discovering the very same problem Andrew is. There is no simple fix. Billions of lines of computer code must be examined and changed one by one. And it wouldn't take long to go from there to here. The flaw is everywhere. This is 1998, another sticky summer in Washington, D.C. Yes, it's in computer programs, software programs. It's also embedded into those microcomputers that we call chips. This is the senator that heads the special committee formed to deal with the bug. Today, Y2K is kind of a joke, right? This thing that everyone was afraid of, but that never happened. Well, the language here, just the tone of it, it's no joke. And the estimates we get on our committee are that between two and possibly 5% of those chips will fail. And you don't know which 2 to 5% they are, and you don't know where they are. It's a little like announcing that we are at war. I believe we're going to win. That is, I think that civilization as we know it is not going to come to an end. It's a possibility. Possibility. If Y2K were this weekend instead of 76 weekends from now, it would. And here's the thing. It could have been like the 1997 bug, right? Or the Thursday bug. Instead, by total chance, this existential threat was set to go off on a date that was already going to be pretty freaky to begin with. The numbers on the calendar are not mere numbers. At age 70, Hillel Schwartz has spent a lifetime studying millennialism. He's the kind of guy who writes 600-page books on an electric typewriter in a mobile home. Our minds are looking for significant markers. When you see your odometer going from 9999 to 10,000, the kids want to see that change still to this very day. And still to this very day, it's more important to turn 40 than to turn 39. That's how it works. And when these markers appear, when 99s turn to zero zeros, everything takes on extra meaning. When the year 1300 hit, 200,000 people flooded into Rome, begging the Pope to erase their sins for when Jesus shows up at any moment. The approach to 1900 got its own name, the fin de siècle, and the belief that civilization itself was decaying ripples through the great works like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Bram Stoker's Dracula. 
Forty years ago, in Tehran, whispers start spreading that the face of the Ayatollah Khomeini himself appeared in the full moon, right before they sweep him into power in the revolution. The year is 1979, but on the Muslim calendar, it's 1400. And those were all centuries, hundred-year markers. So the year 2000, the end of a millennium, and now on top of that, along comes a computer bug that will be triggered at that exact same moment? And then humans created ourselves? It just feels right, doesn't it? Hillel Schwartz again. Some anticipate the turn of the millennium to be a turn toward heaven on earth. Some anticipate then a transformation that is personal, social, political toward what is most desired. And some believe that all of the signs are of the bleakest sort. And if we do not repent, if we do not change our ways, then we are destined to disappear. Some of episode one, Millennium Approaches from Headlong Surviving Y2K, presented by Dan Taberski and produced by Henry Malofsky. And you can find more information about it, where to listen to all of it and how to subscribe at rnz.co.nz forward slash podcast hour now. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.